Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Welcome, my listening friends, to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. It's Joe Nettles again. I'm welcoming you, inviting you to Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, near Caledonia, Mississippi, in the Bartahatchee community. And also invite you to Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church. She is pastored by my good friend and partner in this ministry, Elder David Wise. They're located at 11 Staten Road, just off Highway 15, just north of Ackerman. So come and join us 10.30 a.m. any Sunday morning that you can. Uh, We invite you to join us at 6 p.m. every Wednesday evening on the grounds of New Covenant Church located at 200 West Garrett Road in Starkville, Mississippi. We have an abbreviated service and some fellowship every Wednesday night, and we would love to have you come and join us. We invite you to go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com. And please, while you're there, please send us an email. The links are there. Addresses are there. Let us know that you're listening. We would certainly love to hear from you. It would be a great, great encouragement to know that we are reaching folks out there. We also would encourage you to go to the Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church Facebook page, hit like, and activate the notifications. And anytime that we live stream a service, you'll be notified. We live stream all of our Sunday morning services and every Wednesday evening service at the Starkville Primitive Baptist Fellowship that we just mentioned. So we invite you to partake in that live streaming if you're unable to come and visit us in person. But we certainly would love to shake your hand and give you a hearty, charitable welcome. Speaking of charity, uh, we are in a series regarding charity from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And after this morning's hymn, we'll be right back with today's installment of this series on charity.
Thank you so much for staying tuned with me here at the Gospel Grace Radio Broadcast. I'm Joe Nettles. I'm turning to my King James translation to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, if you are a Bible student, uh, you will know that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a very famous chapter regarding charity, as it is translated in the King James, and that means love in action, translated from the Greek term agape. If you are not a Bible student, then we invite you to stay here with us and to learn together. I want to try to exposit for you 1 Corinthians chapter 13 because it is a chapter uh, wholeheartedly devoted to love and how that love is to be viewed by the church of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And love, there's no higher ideal. People think of love as just a feeling. Well, there is no higher feeling than a feeling of heartfelt love. But my friends, there's no greater motive than love. There's no higher ideal than love. Now, when I say love, as you probably heard me on this broadcast before say, that many of the things that you see in the world today that try to pass for love are actually just packaged lust or misplaced lust. And they're trying to sell it as love. So much of what you see as love spoken of in the world today on uh, whether it's uh, soap operas or uh, television or on the internet or TikTok, uh, practically none of that that you see has anything to do with true uh, godly love. And we see godly love described at length, not only in the word of God, but here most specifically in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we'll begin with 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, in the midst of this, the Apostle Paul is addressing the church at Corinth, and he is trying to address some problems that they have, some misunderstandings they have regarding public worship, uh, regarding the way things are to be considered and performed in the church of Jesus Christ. And this was very common. He often, in his epistles, had to address these errors that invariably came up then and invariably will still come up now. And they need to be addressed, just as Paul addressed this situation. And here he's trying to uh, show a better way in this chapter, a better thing than miraculous signs, a better thing uh, than uh, speaking in tongues and, and uh, gifts of special prophecy and things of that nature that people in the church had begun to elevate higher than the very most fundamental and great ideal of God. 1 Corinthians 4, 8 tells us, for God is love. And so if we're going to properly honor and worship the Lord, then we must do it in love and with an understanding regarding love. So here he begins in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Now, certainly the context immediately, as you can see, refers to the miraculous gift of tongues or speaking in tongues, speaking in unknown tongues. And by unknown tongues, the Bible does not teach of tongues that are just babble or that are unknown to anyone other than the person who is speaking it, but they are uh, actual established languages that were spoken by people who had no prior knowledge of those languages. And that was a special working of the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost manifested himself among the church by allowing the gift of tongues. But here Paul is saying, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. I, I've given a miraculous gift 
to speak among men. Uh, such great oration that cannot even be compared. He said, or of angels, if I was among an angelic host and able to speak things which the angels themselves desire to look into. He said, though I was able to do that and have not charity. Again, agape, love in action. Love in action. I am become as a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. Now, he's not just speaking here of the tongues, not just the act of speaking, but the content of the speaking is included also. If preaching and witnessing of Jesus Christ is not in love, it is empty. It is vain. See, like a brass or a cymbal. And them in themselves, they are not mellifluous. That means they do not have a pleasant tone. You don't want to just buy, well, of course, you, I'm showing my age, I say buy a CD. You do not want to go to Spotify and just hear a recording of a bunch of cymbals or sounding brass uh, instruments. No, uh, you want to hear an orchestra or you want to hear a symphony uh, with a bunch of musical instruments playing together uh, in harmony, in tune, and coming together in a wonderful, mellifluous tone. But nobody says, ooh, I'm a big brass fan or I'm a big tinkling cymbal fan, typically. No, you just don't want to hear them on their own. The communication of the truth by like manner, my friends, to have its intended end, it must be accompanied with love. Just as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal, uh, nobody wants to hear a solo on that. No, it needs to be combined together with the whole, with the all, with that which makes it more beautiful and comely. And I'll tell you, if you're trying to witness the gospel or teach or try to uh, even contend for the faith and you're not doing it in love, then oftentimes, as I have done so many times in the past, unfortunately, uh, it's just a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. It's a noxious sound. It's not soothing to the soul or to the ear. It comes off as mean-spirited and uh, hard-edged. And certainly, that is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, notice in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. Here are the communication, and now he's talking about tongues now, or the not just the act of speaking, but the content of the speaking also. And to go along with that, to see that we must do it in love, we see a text in Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Master, they were asked, asked of Jesus Christ, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That is agape love. Verse 38, again, agape love. After this, he said, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love, again, also agape love. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, Friends, if all of the sacred responsibilities of man towards God and fellow mankind are void, if not rooted in love, certainly the communication of the gospel is to be considered first and foremost in its need for love. It is the witness for Jesus Christ, who through his love kept those sacred duties for others who could not keep them. We could not keep the law. We are law breakers. He is the law giver. Thanks be unto God, he came to be our law keeper. And here he says, all of the righteous things that could ever be done toward God or toward other men 
must be done in love. Upon those two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. How in the world could you communicate the gospel without it being in love? In Romans chapter one, verses 16 through 17, speaking of the gospel of Christ and the communication of it, Paul writes, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Here, Paul tells us, what is the course of spreading the gospel? What is the dynamic? It is from faith to faith, okay? And what does that gospel do? Does it make children of God or does it reveal the righteousness of God that already abides in someone? Because if you don't have faith, I mean, if you're sharing the gospel, you have faith according to this uh, uh, equation to, for you to receive the gospel, you must have faith. Well, from where do you receive faith? Ephesians 2 and 8, for by grace you say through faith that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. When is it gifted unto you? Galatians 5, says faith is a fruit of the spirit. So when you're born again of the spirit of God, faith is imparted in your soul and being and heart. So, the path is from faith to faith to spread the gospel. The just shall live by faith. Again, call now. He did not say the faithful shall be made just. He, he is saying those who are already just, justified in the blood of Jesus Christ, born of his spirit, all of that wonderful merit applied to them vitally. He said they shall live by faith. Now, if the communication and spread of the gospel must be from faith to faith, Knowing this, the necessity of love and this communication becomes all the more obvious when you consider that the concepts of faith and love or charity, and here we're using love and charity interchangeable, interchangeably, excuse me, you see the terms faith and either love or charity in the New Testament stated together in the same verse, not just the same context. Certainly it's in the same context, but in the exact same verse, in the same verses, 29 times you see faith and love or faith and charity stated together. Friends, you would have to be obtuse to not see how important it is, how much faith depends upon love. And my friends, the proper communication and expression of love depends on faith. Now, uh, let's carry on now. Here, he addressed those things that were spoken and the content of what was spoken. Now we look in 1 Corinthians 13, 2. Paul goes on and says, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. I read it again. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Firstly, what we need to consider regarding this verse is that none of these miraculous gifts of the early church would ever be manifested by one who is outside of faith in Jesus Christ. So seeing that faith and love are coupled 29 times together in the New Testament, it's obvious that without love in the heart, there will be no Holy Ghost signs manifested. Notice the promises of the Holy Ghost unto people who are of faith. Consider with me now Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. 
And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. There he said, these signs follow those that believe, those that are of faith. John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39, the declaration of Jesus also uh, elucidates this. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And here's a parenthetical statement in verse 39, describing, explaining to you what he meant. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Here, my friends, he said, those that believe, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he said, those that believe on him should receive this Holy Ghost. Now, so obviously, unless you have uh, faith, you're not going to exhibit these signs. And certainly you're not going to have faith unless you also have the love of God dwelling in your hearts. Secondly, on this second verse, we consider that Paul is pointing to love being the manifest force behind these signs as witnessed by others. He didn't say without charity, these are nothing, as if the, the signs themselves are counterfeit. No, he wrote, I am nothing, or that he should not be seen as a genuine witness. He said, if I have all faith to remove mountains, gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, he said, but without charity, I am nothing. So as you view someone who is a professed Christian, and though they were able to manifest great signs, but yet they were void of charity, uh, they were are to be considered as a false witness. Notice uh, Simon uh, in Acts chapter 8, verses 18 through 21. This speaks of Simon Magus, a wicked person that we see recorded of in Acts chapter 8. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given... He offered them money, saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this manner. For notice this, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Peter pointed out that Simon's heart wasn't right. And also by inference, uh, you can assume that those who had manifested, truly manifested those signs of the Holy Ghost also manifested a right heart. So see, though we were able to manifest all of these signs, he said, without charity, without true love, they're not genuine. They're not authentic. They are counterfeit. Now let's go on to verse three, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse three. And though I bestow all my goods, that means everything you own, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Now, Paul succinctly in this verse defines for us what is and is not a good work in the eyes of God. Listen to me now. A lot of people out there think, well, if you write a big check in the eyes of God, that's a good work. 
Uh, not necessarily, my friends. Somebody may say, if you go out there and you adopt a child, in God's eyes, that's a good work. Not necessarily, my friends. Let's back up. Let's look at these things through a scriptural rubric, my friends. Uh, Paul defines for us here that a good work in God's eyes is not just what anybody assumes it to be. Here, because here he said, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned. I'll tell you, if, if, if people are seeing that and saying, wow, what good works, but without charity, it profiteth me nothing. That means it's worthless, it's vain. Now, obviously, when Paul mentioned profit, he meant profiting in blessings from the Lord. I mean, obviously, you, you don't give away all your goods just to get more and better goods. The reason we give things away in Christian discipleship is not with some expectation to get back a, a newer BMW or a fatter bank account. No, because we do it because it's the right thing to do and we want to honor God in doing it. And you may receive more. You may get copious amounts more than you had before. Uh, uh, Job did in times of old. Uh, but I'm telling you, my friends, we're not promised that. You don't give away all your goods just to get more and better goods. That's not a good investment strategy if you're just concerned about worldly goods. And you certainly don't give your body as a burnt sacrifice to increase in worldly profit, you'd be dead. You wouldn't be around to enjoy it. So obviously he's speaking about profiting in the blessings from God, spiritual blessings, manifest blessings from on high. He said, for a work to be good in God's eyes, it must be through a motive of love. We'll just read a few passages of scripture. And we, we've preached on this before, and this ought to be stressed from every pulpit claiming the name of Christ that this motive must be love for it to be a good work in the eyes of God, for it to have any fruitfulness, any bearing uh, in the courtroom of God's uh, beneficence, it must be through a motive of love. Psalms 119 verse 34 reads, Give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. What is uh, the psalmist saying? I, I must do it with love to keep the whole law. And none of us can keep the whole law, but we'll do the best we can. And we're certainly not even going to make a start at keeping the law unless we do it through love. Now notice 1 Samuel chapter 16, 7b, this statement, For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. You may see someone write a million dollar check. You can't automatically assume that in God's eyes, that's a good work. If someone just out of the blue writes me a million dollar check, I'm going to say, whoo, to Joe, that's a good work. But I'm telling you from God's perspective, unless it's through a motive of love, sacrifice, humility, agape love, then it's not a good work in the eyes of God. Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Here we quoted this passage earlier, referring to how are we going to be efficacious in expressing and witnessing the truth. Well, my friends, you can't even work a good work in the eyes of God unless it's through thy heart, a motive of love, you see. You can't work for God, and you can't do any good works for men uh, unless you do it out of a motive of love. Now, these three verses that we've considered today, 
verses 1, 2, and 3 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In these three verses, Paul teaches that without charity, there is no power or profit in what you speak, what you manifest, or in what you try to work. It is totally empty and without merit before God if it is not through a motive of love. Let me give you this little thing to chew on. How can you do something out of love unless God who is love already dwells in you through the medium of the Holy Spirit? The Bible teaches you can't. So if anybody does do anything that God considers to be a good work, they don't do it to get into Christ. They do it because Christ is already in them. I'm going to read a few verses in closing from a hymn called Charity by an old elder in the Primitive Baptist Church, Elder R.H. Pittman a signature man among our people. And he wrote this hymn, Charity, and he knocks the nail on the head by poetry. He said, love is the greatest thing this world has ever known. It fits us for God's service here and leads us nearer home. Without love, preaching's vain, religion just a show. Trees that here only cumber ground on which no fruit will grow. Though we should give our goods to feed and clothe the poor, it could not save us from our sins, nor open heaven's door. And though our bodies burn in human sacrifice, this never could atone for sin. Jesus must pay the price. Until we're able to pick back up on this subject with you next time here on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, I pray these things have been a benefit to you. First and foremost, I pray that they have been honoring and glorifying to my Savior. And until we're able to speak with you again on such wonderful and august subjects, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under Podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 and tune in next week for another message from The Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the